you know, the ICU was just a whole different experience. I just felt like my freedom was taken. Like, I didn't have control over my life. This is Still Here, a podcast from WFAE that asks, what does resiliency look and feel like to you? And how have you felt and been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic? I didn't even know I had COVID. The only reason I knew is because I ended up in the hospital. What helped you overcome challenges you faced? And what did you do to cope? No matter what we go through or situation that we're going through in that moment, there's an answer, there's a way out. I'm Sarah D'Elia. In today's story, we hear from a Charlotte man about surviving 2020, which for him included a brain injury, a COVID-19 diagnosis, and being on the scene of a mass shooting. Before Donnell Washington walks through his front door, he sometimes lingers before stepping inside. I mean, there's still moments like when I unlock the door, when I'm like, oh man, am I gonna pass out? I think it's just going through that trauma. I mean, because the trauma happened right there. That trauma occurred after a seemingly normal day in December. Donnell had gone to work. He's a senior library assistant. He drove home. He sat in his car listening to music, decompressing before going inside. Then he walked up to the front door of his house, where he lives with his cousin. That's the last thing he remembers of that day. You know, I was coming in the front door. He was in the living room. So, of course, with our alarm system, it lets you know when any door opens. So just me opening the door and not stepping in or falling back. Yeah, he heard everything. Donnell's cousin found him on the ground and quickly called 911. An ambulance rushed him to the hospital. When he woke up, four or five days had passed. Donnell had been in a coma. That's when the doctors were just like, yeah, you had two brain bleeds, and we also, you know, ran tests, and you have COVID. Donnell had no idea he had COVID. About two weeks prior, he says he had tested negative. Donnell spent the next four weeks in the ICU. My family, they couldn't actually, like, come up and see me. Like, they did come to the, like, the hospital, but they couldn't come up and, like, actually sit with me. When he was well enough, he talked with his family and friends. They would sometimes post those conversations on Facebook to let people know how he was doing. But it wasn't always easy to talk while he recovered. Sometimes his family would ask him questions, and it was hard for him to respond because he was so tired. You want to talk to Khalil? Hi, Khalil. Hi, Khalil. What's he doing? He said, what you doing? Okay. Yeah, you do need your rest. Well, we we love you so, so much. Christmas came and went, then New Year's. Donnell says during that time, he thought a lot about what it must be like for the elderly who are isolated in facilities. That period of being alone, that was a huge adjustment. Like, that was a lot. What kept Donnell going was the desire to be independent again, to go back to work and to figure out what was next. I knew that I had to get back to things being normal because there are things that are incomplete that I haven't accomplished. So at any moment, you may not be here. And so really, and that's why I say like to live in the moment because you only get one opportunity. While he was in the hospital, 
his bills kept coming. With me being in the hospital for that many weeks and, you know, using up all my vacation and sick leave, it somewhat has affected my pay, but I'm getting back to that point. But bills are still coming, but I'm, I'm not going to give up. And as hard as things have been, the brain injury, the COVID diagnosis, being away from friends and family, he says he feels blessed. For one, his cousin was home that day when he passed out. Had he not been there to call 911, who knows what would have happened. And he wonders what recovering from a brain injury would have been like if the world was, quote, normal and moving at a faster pace. Society, like Donnell, had to adjust to the pandemic to shift expectations and how it operates. After four weeks in the ICU and two weeks in rehab, Donnell was well enough to leave the hospital. This was not the first time Donnell came face to face with how fragile life can be. In June, he was on Beatty's Ford Road in West Charlotte during a weekend-long block party celebrating the Juneteenth holiday. What was described as a peaceful gathering ended in violence. This was like raining terror, and all you heard was screaming and bullets flying. I first interviewed Donnell about a week after the incident. He was there with friends when shots rang out. We met on Beatty's Ford Road. He was still coming to terms with what he saw that day and the fear he felt. He described it as a war zone. Four people ended up losing their lives. He processed the trauma of the shooting by talking to friends and family, something he's trying to do now when he talks about his brain injury. So, you know, just talking with family and friends about it has really helped me, like, to not hide how I'm feeling. There are some mornings when I wake up when I have a major headache, and I think it's all because of this brain injury. You know, just expressing how I'm feeling in that moment has really helped me. And that support system will be even more important going forward. There are still a lot of questions around what caused the brain bleeds in the first place and what impact COVID had on his body. To stop his brain from swelling, a part of his skull was removed. So he'll need another surgery to put that piece back into place. Donnell removes a hat he's been wearing during our interview and rubs his hand over the left side of his head. And so they had to let the swelling go down and they wanted to make sure, you know, I could go back to normal everyday life, not under their care. How does that feel to have like a piece of you not with you right now? Ooh, just scratching my head on this side. It's just, it's weird. Me just doing my hand like this, I could feel that the piece is not there. And so it's just like a reminder why it's not there. In the weeks since our interview, Donnell recently told me he doesn't wear the hat as much. That missing piece of his skull is part of his story, he says. He doesn't want to hide it. Donnell says he doesn't want to forget what happened. He's not quite sure if he ever really could, but he does want to put it in the past. I don't know how close I was to death, but I'm pretty sure it was very serious. So one of the things I've taken away from it is to live in the moment, but also like things that you want to accomplish and do. You need to go ahead and and, and seek that. For Donnell, that means exploring going back to school. He found a graduate program he's interested in that would combine his passion for library sciences with social work. Coming out on the other side of 2020 has taught him many lessons, he says. But the big one is that there's a reason he's still on this planet. 
and he doesn't want to waste any time getting to that purpose. Each of us will face multiple giants before we leave this place, he reflected. For Donnell, resiliency is about facing those giants head on, no matter what shape or form they may take. This is Still Here. I'm Sarah Delia. If you have a story idea for Still Here, email me at sdelia at wfae.org. I'm on Twitter at Sarah WFAE, and that's Sarah with an H. Still Here is produced and reported by me and edited by Greg Collard. Our theme music was composed and produced by Patrick Bowden and Patrick Lee. Together, they make Patrick Otto. Our really beautiful logo was made by Matthew Scott. Learn more about the series at wfae.org slash stillhere. Subscribe anywhere you find podcasts. Still Here is powered by Ortho Carolina. Thanks for listening.